This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Lovers, this is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. I have a special guest. She is back, and I am always excited to talk to her, Dr. Dana Varble, and she is the Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. And we're going to talk about something that, as you know, pet parents, as cat pet parents, we really need to know about. So we're going to be right back with Dr. Dana Varble. Do you want a cat litter that absorbs odor-causing wetness like a parched desert cactus? Well, Arm & Hammer's got a litter for you. New Absorbex with desert dry minerals. Wetness disappears like a Texas raindrop on a hot tin roof. Odor? Adios! It's lightweight, lightning-fast, odor-absorbing desert dry cat litter. And act fast and get $4 off now at armandhammer.com bounty. New Absorbex from Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose. Your Pets Daily Dose of Awesome. Visit YourPetsDailyDose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's YourPetsDailyDose.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Dr. Dana Varble. And uh, it's okay if I call you Dr. Dana? Absolutely, Michelle. That's no problem. So, well, what is it about Dana with cats and, and pain? You know, cats are especially sneaky with pain. They're very good at hiding it, and they're very good at not showing it to us. So it can be really hard to tell if that's what's causing their problems. So it's just so important, though, to be aware that certain symptoms, certain behaviors, certain activities in your cat could actually be the result of pain and not just something else going on. You hit on something pretty interesting because I've heard and I've seen that cats do hide pain well. They're very stoic when it comes yes. to that. And you had mentioned that, you know, there's things that you need to look out for. And I think as, you know, cat owners, we need to be on high guard for looking out for these things because sometimes you miss a couple of things and it could almost be too late. Sure. I had a scary experience years ago with Dennis about that. So what are the things that we should look out for? You know, you're right. Absolutely. Cats are so stoic. They're so interesting, right? Because they're both a predator and a prey animal all at once. So there is still some real advantage for them to hide or kind of suppress the symptoms of their pain. But they're also really unique, wonderful animals. So there's some things that are so cool about cats that make this a very unique thing for them. So one of the things that I always say to cat owners is, you know, cats tend to like 
high areas, right? They like the third level of their cat tree, the back of the couch, the top of the bookshelf. So if your cat's one of those cats that's always loved those areas and all of a sudden they don't, or they won't jump up on the couch, even something smaller, maybe they didn't like those areas before, but they used to always jump up on the couch and now they don't look for those subtle signs that something about a big movement is uncomfortable. Another thing that I think is really important in cats that I think stands out in them is posture, right? So a cat should look long and lanky and be kind of sinewy when they move and their back should be very like almost like a little wave. And if all of a sudden they look hunched or they look very stiff, that's significant in a cat. That means something has changed. But probably the third big one that I really think is important in cats is and I know we've talked about this before, Michelle, but if something changes about their litter box behavior, again, pain is stressful. It can change litter box behavior just because of that. But a lot of us like to have litter boxes with pretty high sides, right? We like to keep all the the litter and all the things that happen in there in that box. But believe it or not, cats who are uncomfortable will suddenly stop using a litter box just because it's hard to get in and out of. So that's another big one that I like with cats. But there's so many little things, changes in their activity. If they're not grooming an area, they're not eating like they used to. So many little things that can stand out. And you just have to remember as a, as a pet parent, as a cat parent, any of those things could be significant. So it seems off to you. It really might be. I've always heard two of the keys and I don't know, it, coming from way back when having dogs all my <laughs> life and now having cats and my, and catitude. You know, you always look for eating and drinking as Mm -hmm. signs. And I know you touched on that, but those are always big things. Are those as big with cats or could they just be having a finicky moment? You know, is it just missing one meal? It's okay. Or should you be concerned even missing one meal? And then what about also... Mm-hmm. How do I say it? vomiting? <laughs> because yes, they do yes. do that sometimes with hairballs. Yes. What absolutely. should we look for with that? Those are great questions because those things are part of like their normal behavior repertoire, right? But if you have a cat that's never vomited and all of a sudden is, uh-oh, that's something different, right? And that's what we look for is those changes. So if you have a cat that's always been a big eater and then one day skips a meal, that might be more significant than if you have a cat that maybe has always been finicky or maybe doesn't like to eat in the morning and, and that's always been their case. It's really you know your animal the best. But if it seems off to you, you know, this is what I always say is trust your gut. Go with your gut because if it seems off, it probably is. One interesting thing I've noticed about cats and eating behavior is that all of our animals, and this goes for rabbits, cats, and dogs, seem to be much better at hiding tooth pain, dental pain than you and I are. I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a sore tooth, I am complaining. (laughs) I am not hiding that. I am not stoic. I'm not brave. But especially cats, you'll see that they're, they're often still eating, even when they have a bad tooth or multiple bad teeth. But one thing I've had owners notice, and I think it's really important, is I've had someone say to me once, and now I've heard it multiple times, is he's eating different. And I was like, what? They noticed that their cat was chewing funny, like chewing with the food, like on one side of the mouth and like tilting his head because he had a bad tooth on the other side. 
So it seemed like kind of a funny thing to notice, but it was really, really important for that animal. And since that time, I've heard other cat owners tell me that too. So that's something that I think we don't think about with our animals is like, if all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm going to eat, but I'm going to eat over on this weird side of the bowl and I'm going to tilt my head because I don't want to hit that sore spot. That's probably, that's real for them. And we need to pay attention to that. That's interesting. And I wouldn't have thought of that, Mm -hmm. you know, because I... I don't know. I just wouldn't have thought of that. You think, you know, cats and dogs, they should all have dentals. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes when we have multiple cats, it's a little hard to do the dentals because they get expensive. But I wouldn't have thought to watch them, you know, how they eat. I mean, it could be because mine gulp their food like crazy. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, some of them do. And, yeah. And I've heard about hiding it in different places, but then... Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I just think that there's some that would get it and some that would be lazy and just say, well, I'm yep. waiting until you fill the bowl. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, our, our cats have such unique personalities, right? So you, you know, there are some cats that maybe always eat a little funny. It's just them. And you know, it's, a, it, it's just their little unusual habit that that particular cat decided to have. Today. <laughs> and that's just part of, of knowing your cats well. So, but we do know our animals really well, right? We watch them eat every day. So again, it goes back to, well, I never noticed this new thing. And that's what usually makes us kind of go, oh, wait, that's, it's not just that it's different. It's that it's different than it was a month ago or a week ago, or even a day ago. And that's usually what makes us think, well, now that might be significant. You know, it's not a, the behavior in and of itself. It's the change. And that's a good, just a good rule of thumb mm-hmm. for cats, for dogs. Hey, even for us pet parents, you know? Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then I have a couple more questions for you because this is something great for all cat parents to know. And hey, all pet parents to know. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Michelle Fern here. I have to tell you about Pet Treater. Pet Treater is a gift box for your fur babes that gives you the chance to surprise them with interactive toys, all-natural treats, and a whole bunch more. You know, I just got one for Dennis's birthday, but I made sure to get the larger size because I knew Molly and Charlotte would want in on the action too. Let me tell you, it arrived the day before I planned to give it to him. Dennis actually slept next to it the entire time. In the morning when I went to open it, I noticed all these claw marks on the box. They were trying to break into the goods. What a party once I opened the box for them. They had a blast. You know, whether you have a really cute kitty or an adorable doggy or maybe some of each roaming your house, you can tailor the box to fit their needs, including any allergies they have or their size. You know, we all need an excuse to spend more quality time with our fur kids. With a subscription starting as low as $15, you and your furry family members will get to unbox some new surprises together, meaning you'll be spending less money, less time shopping, and more time hanging out. And if you're as obsessed with sharing photos of your pets as I am, you can connect with other animal lovers on the Pet Trader site. Okay, now Pet Trader is giving us this great offer. Go to PetTrader.com and use the coupon code CATITUDE, that's C-A-T-T-I-T-U-D-E, and you'll get 50% off the first month of your subscription. That's PetTrader.com, P-E-T. T-R-E-A-T-E-R dot com and get ready for some great party times with your fur babes. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. 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 Pet Life Radio.
Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Dr. Dana Barbel, and we're talking about pain, which we never want our cats to be in pain, but you need to be aware of your pet being in pain so that you could take care of it. And that's the next thing I want to ask you, Dr. Dana. Okay, are animals in pain? What do we do? I mean, of course, first thing you think, got to go to the vet. Or if it's late (laughs) at night, the, you know, emergency animal hospital and be prepared to flork over your credit card. But (laughs) what, what do you do if, you know, you're in the boonies or you can't get to the vet for a day or it's in a a holiday or something? Is there something you can do meanwhile? Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, is a couple of things. Obviously, you know, just like us, there are things that are emergencies and there are things that are okay to wait a day or two on. So if you have a cat that's eating or drinking, but you've no, you know, and seems pretty normal, you're not worried about weight loss, but one of those symptoms, like we talked about, that seems really mild, like, oh, all of a sudden we're not using the top of the cat tree or, you know, something, something that seems again, like, oh, I definitely need that looked at, but we don't need to rush off to the emergency room for it. One of the things I tell people, first and foremost, very, very important, cats are extremely sensitive to human medicines. So we never, ever want to use human medication in our cats unless for some reason the veterinarians prescribe something very specific. Human medications are obviously meant for people, which are obviously we're bigger than cats. So that's the first problem. But I have a question for you on that. Yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of our cat owners also have dogs. And I yes. have heard for dogs, and I I have done this, you know, for dogs, sometimes you can give them a half a Pepto-Bismol tablet or, or there's a couple of other over-the-counter meds that, that are people that you can give dogs. Is sure. that due to the size? Because dogs are usually a lot larger than cats. That's the first problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, granted, there's some really small breed dogs out there that are sometimes even smaller than our average cat. But the first problem, you're right, is absolutely size. But cats are not small dogs and they're not small people. So cats can be especially sensitive to pain medications. Things like ibuprofen, Tylenol, and aspirin are toxic to cats. So we never, ever want to use those unless very specifically something you talk to your veterinarian about because we'd hate to make, you know, a bad toe or a, a pulled muscle so much worse by having a toxic medication involved too. So that's my first tip is very, very rarely do we want to turn to human medications for our cats. The second tip I'm going to mention to you, Michelle, is something we don't think about a lot is sometimes our cats They need our supervision. They need our help, right? So sometimes a cat that's in pain will still try and do their favorite things. They'll still try and jump up on the couch. They'll still try and jump up on their their high cat tree or a high shelf. And when you're in pain and you need to rest a muscle or rest a joint, we don't want them doing that. So a lot of times a really good piece of advice is to either block their access from making those high jumps or doing that really excess activity until you can see your veterinarian or confine them to a room or two rooms where there's either low furniture or no furniture. And they could still get to things like their litter box and their food and water, but maybe can't be quite as active as they normally would be. Because sometimes, especially like say an injury, right? We've all had this happen where a muscle, we pull the muscle, we start feeling better. And then you go do something really active again and make it worse. Well, our cats absolutely can do the same thing. They can just kind of push themselves a little too hard and make an injury get bad again. So we really want to help them out and just not let them do those crazy cat things while they're recovering from an injury. 
Okay. Do you have another one? I think those are my big ones. Yeah. Okay. Those are your big ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What would you have as far as suggestions for uh, cat pet parents out there for things to just do's and don't do's so that their pet avoids, you know, pain when possible? As you know, there's obvious, of course, but mm-hmm. what are some things to just your pet parent make sure you don't do sure. this? I mean, the obvious you mentioned toxic medicines. You drop something, yeah. you pick it up, and I've had shows on that. I mean, even a vitamin D cap- yeah. capsule I've heard can be toxic to your cat. But what are some yeah. of the things that we wouldn't think of that can be kind end of up a with emergency right? that yeah. visit? <laughs> so probably the biggest one is that stands out to me for cats, especially, is that they're pretty brave when it comes to jumping down from things. You know, we've all seen them do it, right? If you've had a cat, especially one that likes heights, a lot of times when they're nervous or some cats are just kind of do it for fun, they'll jump all the way from the top shelf of the bookshelf to the floor. And even though they're, yeah, they're absolutely capable of doing it and many times can do it without, <laughs> without injuring themselves. It is still a big jump, especially if you have something like wood or hardwood floors or tile. That's still a pretty hard landing for cats. And what you'll notice over time in the cats that have kind of made that a habit, first of all, if you've ever seen them do it, you kind of hear them land. <laughs> You know, when they jump off the couch, oftentimes it makes barely a whisper, right? It's like they're so sneaky. They could just glide off that, the jump off that couch. They're nothing like a dog. They're down and out before you even know what happened. But if you've ever heard a cat jump like off, and I had a crazy cat that jumped off the top cabinets in my kitchen. And when he landed on the floor, it made a thump. And the thing about the way cats land is they tend to land, you know, they're very careful. They're very smart. And they tend to land with their front paws and they absorb most of that weight and most of the impact in their front paws. And what we can see over time, actually, especially as cats age, is that they can start developing some arthritis in their paws. And that's often the case for those cats. And it just gets sore and painful. So if you can find ways to encourage them when they're using those high surfaces to climb down in steps (laughs) or sort of gradually, it's certainly healthier for them in the long run. And I'm going to add another one in here, Michelle, if I can. Oh, yeah, sure. Any uh, tips you have? Because (laughs) this is great information, you know, that a lot of us wouldn't have thought about. I mean, my cats don't really climb that high, but... Some don't, yeah. I would, (laughs) yeah, I could certainly see that high jumps Mm -hmm. would not Mm -hmm. be good over time, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The other one, and I, you know, and it's funny because this just came to mind and it really should have been at the top of my mind. But watch your cat's weight. Certainly, it's something, it's so easy, right? Our indoor cats, our house cats, they live good lives. (laughs) But that means they get a lot of food and not a lot of exercise. So for every little half pound, few ounces that your cat puts on, it really is significant. And cats that are heavier over time have more joint problems. So it is very challenging and I'm not saying it's easy by any means, but it's so, so, so important to have a weight loss plan if you have an overweight cat or if you have a a thin, you know, really svelte cat to keep them thin because it's so much easier. And this is true for cats. It's also, (laughs) we need to take this advice ourselves sometimes, right? And for our dogs and again, rabbits and guinea pigs, but it's very important for cats. Their bones and joints are meant to 
support a normal weight. So every little few ounces that they put on that's overweight is very, very significant for them. So an overweight cat over time, more prone to arthritis, more prone to ligament or tendon injuries, more prone to back problems. And so it's just another time to like really think about that when we keep our cats thin and in that way healthy, it also keeps their bones, joints, tendons, and ligaments very healthy as well. And that's going to be a whole other show on how we keep our cats thin because <laughs> it's I don't know about this. My significant other, he <laughs> thinks it's okay to feed, you know, extra this, extra that. But all those little mm-hmm. extras add up, just like with people. You they have one do. extra and you have, you know, every single day extra. It, it adds up, I'm sure, right? Same for cats. They're Absolutely. little. They don't need to yes. eat much. They don't. And, you know, again, I agree with you. It's not an easy task. And I'm not saying it is <laughs> because, you know, even – Weight loss is challenging across the board. It's not a, a one-size-fits-all solution. Every animal's metabolism and diet and regulation is different. Every person's household, their parents, how they reward good behavior is different. And, and some cats are just really stubborn. <laughs> so it can be really, really challenging. But I can't stress how important it is. We talk about it a lot in health as far as liver, kidney function, a heart function. But I think sometimes we really forget how it's affecting their joints, tendons, and ligaments over time. So it's really important. And you're right. It's, it's, it's a whole nother show to talk about, right? Because weight loss in cats is a, it's not a, sh- a quick fix. It's a long-term battle. So it's, it's something to talk about for sure. Right. And it's not just long-term battle for the cat. It's oh no, no, it's everybody. Yeah. On the same page, you know? So true. We're really finding that they've done some great work that shows, you know, this is a, it's a, and it's, it's everybody, your veterinarian, their staff, you, everyone in your household, your pet sitter, everyone has to kind of be part of that team for your animal that's promoting a healthy diet and weight loss because it is not easy to do for sure. We know 45 million household pets suffer from chronic or acute pain. So we know it's an extremely important time to revisit that. We work closely with the IVAPM, which is a, a very important veterinary association that is dedicated to pain management in animals. And they brought it to our attention. So we wanted, you know, it's a great cause and we wanted to partner with them and get the word out about pain, that there's a lot of new ways to manage pain. And, you know, the great thing, like we talk about, there's not human medications for cats for pain, but the good news is, is that there's so many new things for for pain in cats. We used to be so limited because they are very sensitive to certain classes of drugs, but we're really working towards developing medications specifically for cats in pain. And that's really, really important because our cats, we know they're living longer. We know that pet parents want them to live not just longer, but to have a higher quality of life. And part of that means reducing pain, which then reduces stress and helps them live a longer better life. So if you have an animal with pain and you thought, oh, there's really nothing for my cat that's safe and good, I will tell you there are so many new pain treatments out for cats. Absolutely get in touch with your veterinarian because there's so many great things coming out. Supplements, things like acupuncture, chiropractic work, all these things that we didn't have available to us before for cats 
are now becoming really widespread and they're really becoming more readily available. And it really helps open up the options for our cats, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, it's something we have to be aware of. And like, like mm-hmm. we talked in the beginning, cats hide this. So it's even more important as, you know, cat pet parents that we know what to watch out for, know that there's a lot of different treatments available. Yes. And, you know, some things we can do to make sure our cats don't get to the point of having pain, like watching their diet and, um, you mm-hmm. know, their behavior methods and so forth and what you could do to alleviate that. Some great information. Good, good. Yeah, I, I can't stress enough how many things are changing and improving for cats in veterinary medicine. We're really finally, you know, cats aren't little dogs, right? They're cats and they, they're so unique and wonderful and bring such joy to our lives. So it's another area of their med, you know, another area of their care, controlling their pain that's really improved. And we're really excited to see what some of these new techniques and new medications bring to their quality of life over time. Where can everybody listening find out a little more if they're interested? Absolutely. Please, please log on at NAVC.com. And there's lots of information for veterinarians there to learn about some of these new pain medications and new techniques for cats. But there's also some information for pet parents as well. Okay, wonderful. Dr. Dana, is there anything you wanted to add how you can contact if somebody wanted to reach out or follow you and get some of your great advice that you have? (laughs) Oh, gosh, I don't know. The best thing for them to do would be to follow NAVC.com. Okay. We are always posting good information and they can follow us on Instagram and Facebook because we do post some great information on those sites. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on Catitude again and sharing oh, such I'm so great happy information. To be here. Yes. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. It's been a wealth of information and some great information for all of us cat pet parents out there. You know, we should know how our cat is reacting to pain and keep that in our minds all times because their behavior is is going to be a little clue as to if they're suffering, you know, or if they're doing just fine. So great information today. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Dana Barbel for coming on Catitude. Thanks to Mark, my producer, for making me and my guests sound amazing. Thanks to my wonderful cat audience for everyone listening and making Catitude such a popular show. Hey, we're the number one show on Pet Life Radio on Spotify. I guess I'd meow at this point, but I, you know, what am I doing? Meow? You know, yay. Thank you. And um, thanks to my crew, Sammy and Jethro and Molly and Charlotte and Dennis, all my cats for uh, just teaching me all about cats and teaching me to watch them and so that they're not in any pain. And uh, thanks to little Yapper Nikki for getting along with all the cats. So thanks again. Keep listening. We have more shows coming up. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.